Hey, girl. Girl, you going to the EBT Awards tonight? EBT? I do not support them. They only gave me $22 on my link this month. Girl, not that kind of EBT. The Extra Black Awards. Oh, girl, you know I'm in that joint, okay? Hey, me too. You trying to come perform with me tonight? Yes, the Vicky Street Show. Damn. Oh, hey, we snatching <laughs> all the awards this year. Every show single one. Because it's the... Uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, hey, uh, uh. Vicky Street and you are back at it again with another episode and this time I'm so excited because I got my best friend my beach kids in the building hey. everybody give it up make some noise <laughs> everywhere for my girl Dejari <laughs> Woo! I got my mom in the studio girl make some noise back there too come on <laughs> Yes. How are you today? Uh, girl, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here yes. in Chicago. Hey, with my best friend, my beachkins. I know. And we were just <laughs> watching the intro. That's a throwback music video right Super there. Super throwback. Like before I even had real music out, that was my first of real music. And you wrote the theme song. I did. We I don't did know that. if a lot of people know that, but that's actually the second theme song. There was a first one too. And you we wrote that, that one. Joint, yeah. You wrote that. Do you know how best of a friend you gotta be to write a song for somebody? You must know me some type of well, <laughs> don't you? You think you And know. do. And do. Listen, I wanna I wanna jump right into it. I don't wanna waste no time because we have some of the best conversations over the phone. You moved to LA last year, and I, these are just some of the conversations and, and things that I cherish about you. So I, I want to get into it. Let's do Let's it. Let's start off a little bit <clears throat> lighthearted. 
what's up with this word beach? Like, <laughs> what I know where it came from, but what what is what is a beachkins to you? <laughs> that is hilarious. So it originated because, like, you know, there's a lot of women that use bitch as a term, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, or the B word mm-hmm. um, as a term of endearment. Um, but that's never really been my thing. I didn't really like using that word in general because I don't really mess with the meaning behind it. And you know how it kind of makes women feel and degrades women. So I came up with beach because I'm like, it's kind of giving that, but it's, you know, a little more lighthearted and innocent. Like mm-hmm. we're not going to be referring to each other as bitches. So I started mm-hmm. um, using the beach as like, Kind of like a variation of that, and it became like my term of endearment, especially with us too when we was in college. Nah, facts, because you definitely checked me. I remember the first time you was like, now hold on now. Hold on, you're not just going to be calling me that. I was like, I didn't even mean. I was just, because you know, because I love you, and that's what we be saying. Well, beach, this is what we're going to say. And now I feel like it's turned into a thing. I know people probably be wondering, like, why they be saying that? Like, I know y'all cuss. Like, it's not even about that. That's that's the special thing that I really love about this word that we've coined that we use um maybe some other people can can take that up as well and it's it's not that I even so strongly believe that like oh if I call you this I'm trying to degrade you yeah but I do think it's a way it's a reflection of how we view ourselves and how we view each other as women too so yeah I love that we do that yeah we can't be taking it too lightly all the time you know no shade to those who use the term but um for me that's never been my thing so it's giving beach beachkins um, we, we got variations of it now <laughs> no facts and you know what that's just that's just one example of some of the terms and the the cute little things we do like i know we be shortening words as well mm-hmm. that's that's another one like them pair of pun <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to get that one to off the rip. <laughs> but I wanted to know, like, from your perspective, when did you know that we were best friends or that we would be best friends? Because I remember the first day I met you. I didn't know we was going to be best friends then. But I do know that your spirit in general is just so magnetic. And, um, like, Thank I remember, you. you know, I remember the first day I met you was through another mutual friend, our friend Erica. And you just came in the room like... Hi, wow, you're so beautiful. <laughs> and when another beautiful person just like tells you that you're beautiful and they give you all this energy, sometimes you don't even know how to like take it and receive it. So mm-hmm. shoot, I, I just I just knew you were somebody I wanted to have in my life for a minute. But from your perspective, was there ever a moment where you was like, Oh yeah, that's the beach for me? Like That's a good question. Honestly. I felt the same thing like my freshman year when we first met. It was my freshman year, your sophomore year. Um, we was in two E's. And I remember meeting you and it was like, it was almost like we had been friends in another life or something like that. Like it was just kind of like our energy just clicked together. It felt really genuine. Like there was no like questioning if you were being, you know, real with me or if you were being real with yourself, it was like, that was the thing I loved about you was like, I always felt like you were being yourself and you weren't afraid Mm. to be yourself. And I loved that. And we just have a very similar vibe. And when we first met, it was just like, we clicked instantly. And I think I wouldn't even say there was a specific 
moment, but it was more so like, you know, we ended up being roommates in college at some point. We lived together. We went through a lot of different things together. So I feel like at one point it was just, it was like, okay, we really been in this for a minute and we've been with each other through ups and downs and really been there for each other. And the energy never really changed. It was always consistent. And, um, we just always had a great time together. We always clicked on a creative level too, like always Mm -hmm. elevating each other, lifting each other up. And honestly, I didn't have a lot of friends who were like on that level of like pushing and elevating each other in the way that we do with each other. So it was kind of like the progression of our friendship over the first couple years. I knew like, this is going to be one of my best friends building off of the, first interaction so yeah no nah, that's facts even when even when when you're like talking mm-hmm. in terms of like just being able to trust somebody and knowing that this person doesn't want anything else for you but the best because let's keep it a buck like being good and best friends with an artist somebody who wants to do the same thing as you it can be really really tough i don't feel like there's enough enough people talking about what that's like and what the dynamic is like and how do you hold a friendship without jealousy and just wanting nothing but the best for a person but maybe we can talk about it because we are great examples of that when we first started becoming friends i was still doing my mc and thing and i remember like you you would be like we gonna be at the grammys one day we gonna be grabbing grammys and you'd be like but girl you saying you might just be hosting it you might be up there too doing music and and that's one thing that I appreciate you like about you is being able to see where the friend is now and then also the other possibilities of the dreams that the friend might want to do too and being there throughout it. So do you have any any examples or or advice for people of how to continue to be a good friend and support them when you both are chasing the same dreams in the same field? Mm, that's a good one. I think it just like with everything else it definitely starts with ourself first of all because Mm. it's like with certain like friendships and relationships the only time where any kind of like jealousy or envy or not really being happy for someone can come from is really starting with yourself because it's like that's some kind of insecurity you have within yourself that's making you feel like oh this person is also trying to do this as if there's not enough room in this world for us all to do like we could literally hundreds of us millions of us are doing the same thing you know chasing Mm -hmm. the same dream so it's really about being secure and confident in yourself and your own gifts and knowing that somebody else's gifts don't diminish yours you know what i mean and so i really feel like it starts with self and of course when we're younger and we're we're maturing and we're growing wiser we all have those moments sometimes it's just a human thing but as you grow more in yourself then it also allows you to help Um, elevate the people around you as you elevate yourself because you're not thinking about them as competition or Mm -hmm. um, taking away your own opportunities. So that's really my advice is making sure that you ground it in yourself so that then you're able to pour into yourself and also other people in a way that is genuine and doesn't have any ill will behind it. So Mm -hmm. I think that's what's always been kind of like the foundation of our friendship was we've never really been in a place of functioning from like, you know, jealousy or comparing each other or anything because we know we have our own individual gifts. Everyone doesn't realize Mm. that and it takes time. So Mm. um, that's really my biggest advice is because when you're able to be 
securing your own gifts, then you're not thinking about nobody taking away your shine. You want everybody to shine, you know, the brightest that they can so that we can all collectively, you know, build up the creative space and use our gifts to, you know, change the world. So that's my advice on that. That was, first of all, I wasn't even planning on asking that question. Second of (laughs) all, that was an amazing answer to that. That really just translates to maturity if you will mm-hmm. being comfortable in yourself period like if mm-hmm. we we could talk about that in in terms of friendship and in relationship people are in relationships and they jealous of each other too but we gonna get it (laughs) okay (laughs) we gonna get into relationships later but but right now just on on the friendship tip like do you have any pivotal moments that you can remember of our friendship where you just like hey, it just stamped us, like, as a friend. Like, you know, it could be beautiful moments. It could be something that was less than beautiful, but we still made it beautiful. Like, I don't know if you have any off the top of your head, but I would love to know. Man, there's a few. I feel like, honestly, early on in our um, friendship, the music video that y'all saw at the beginning, that was one of the moments because that was actually the second video we shot the first one was like i think what a year before that one the first one was in college the first one was like 2014 or 15 the second one was like 2017. so it was like the last it was my senior year i think or after we graduated we were still in college when we shot yeah. that first music video. Yeah. yeah, the second one though, I feel like the I was the second still one in college, we was right? we was out of college on that second one. Dang. Okay, we must have just I just yeah. graduated. Okay, mm-hmm. but um, earlier in our friendship, that first video was uh like one of the beginning moments because it was like, I think there's something beautiful that like can solidify a friendship when you can come together with creative passion I think that's a big that was a big moment because it was like I had never experienced like having a really good friend that we created something like that together and that was really refreshing it was really it was new but it was also really like enjoyable um just flowing off of each other trusting each other like Mm -hmm. you trusting me with your vision um for your song because it was your song but you know we both worked on it but trusting a friend with whatever vision you have and like you know feeling like they gonna help you to carry it out that's a big Mm -hmm. thing to me like and trusting someone with that so those moments of us collaborating were really big moments for me and then also um without getting into too much detail but during the pandemic there were there were moments where we both were having really rough times. There was a moment where you were really going through it um, mentally with your mental health, like we all were at some point. And that was a pivotal moment too. I feel like for both of us, just like not just being there for when the things are all great and we celebrated and we having fun and we turning up, but when your friend is really going through it and they're at like their lowest of lows and you still Mm -hmm. showing up for them even when it's hard you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and even when you may be going through your own thing but you're like we got to be there for each other and you have moments in friendships where it's like one person just may not be able to pour the same at a certain moment and vice versa so it's like you got to show up for them because they may really depend depend on you more than you even realize Mm -hmm. so there, there was a moment during the pandemic when, you know, you were really going through it. And I just remember like being, being sad, but being like, I got to be there for her because like, 
we gotta, you gotta overcome. Like I was like, I gotta be there for her. And I remember during the pandemic, you telling me like, the moment you decided like, I want to pursue music for real. Like I know I've been known as being this entertainment media personality, but I really have a passion for music and I want to go for it. And I've been writing more. And that was a big moment for me too. Cause I was like, I've always seen this for you. Like I've always seen the possibility of you getting out of the box of just, you know, being a host or mm -hmm. being on radio um, or just being a media personality, but being like full around, full around artist, um, full around. Does that make sense? Yeah. All around artists. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just, that was a really pivotal moment for me too. Cause it was like those hard moments really solidify someone's, you know, their like loyalty to you and their love for you and how much mm -hmm. they care about you. And even in moments where I was really going through it and you being there for me. So those were some pivotal moments for me that like, I feel like really solidified. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, and, and I just thank you for uh, like allowing me to feel comfortable enough to be like, I want to do this thing that I've always dubbed as this is Dejari's thing. Like, I ain't gonna mm -hmm. hold you like, I, I wasn't doing my own original music, but you never made me feel like there was only enough room for one music artist, like in the friend group, if you will. So, yeah, and that's just, yeah. that's important. That's just something that I would like people to, you know, to encourage people to be opening their mind up about, like there are people who have so many different passions that they haven't even delved into just mm -hmm. yet. And you putting people in boxes because of how you want to see them. But I think one thing that the pandemic brought about was like the pivot in a lot of different people because we spent so much time by ourselves. So shout out to the pandemic real quick. Okay. Um, I want to pivot a little bit more into you, Dejari, and I want to know, well, I want the people to know because I already know what this means, but <laughs> tell the people the meaning of your name. Yes, that's a great question too. Um, so my mom created my name. A slight history behind it, the year I was born, 95, a movie came out called Higher Learning, and Tyra Banks, her character's name was Deja. So that's why if you notice, a lot of girls that was born in 95 or around that time are girls named Deja. Mm -hmm. And my mom um, wanted to name me that before that movie came out. And then when it came out and everybody was naming their kids that, she was like, she needs to have more of a unique name. So she kind of like, it was slightly inspired by Deja, mm. um, but she created a variation of it and came up with Dejari. And it means uniquely beautiful, destined to be a star. You remembered all that. Yes. <laughs> Come on. So she kind of like, my mom, I really love her. And she is, her and my dad, I love them both so much. And I am because they were. So mm -hmm. like, all the amazing things about me, I really attribute to them by way of God, but them, you know what I mean? God appointing them as my parents and them manifesting my life before I was even here. They did that. Um, Right? Within creating that name, it was kind of like, a name is really important because it's almost like you are setting the tone for like what this person is about to bring into the world mm. so for that being my name and it meaning something so powerful it was like i was already destined to be a star and shine in whatever way that may be um and the uniquely beautiful part is like a reminder of like we're all beautiful in our own way but a reminder to myself always that you know you hold a very special 
beauty and light and power and don't forget that my mom always instilled that in me so Mm. yeah so then you would definitely say that your name in some way influences just how you live your life and maybe even your artistry as well would you say that's true yeah for sure I mean when I was younger I feel like I didn't you know correlate the the two as much as I do now like I understand it as I've gotten older and even it was moments when I was younger and my mom and my dad would always be like you know remember who you are like remember what your name means and even in moments when I didn't understand what I was going through or why I would feel down or doubt myself those reminders being told to me it was like eventually I started being like you know what this is who I am so Mm -hmm. um it absolutely pours out into me as a person, as an artist, um, just remembering my purpose of just being a source of light in general, which is what a star is, a source of light and darkness. And this world can be really dark a lot of the times. I'm not even going to say sometimes. So we need as much light as we can get. And I just feel honored to be appointed by God to be a light source. The message that I want to get across in my music is really like on this journey of me as a person, translating to me as an artist, it's like I'm healing myself through my art, but then also wanting to heal other people so that it's like when they hear my music and they feel the energy of that, it's like they feel lighter, they feel um, closer to their own healing, you know? So I feel Mm -hmm. like it definitely comes through. See now, you got all that you got all that beauty and that healing going on and what i want to know is since you've been you have been living in chicago your whole entire life up until last year at what point did you feel like you needed to take this beauty and healing somewhere else i'm I'm not sure if it's because you maybe felt like you wasn't getting what you needed out of the artist scene here but do you feel as though you're getting what you need out in la and you're being you know, very well received and just getting what you need artist-wise out there in L.A. Tell me about what the transition has been like from Chicago to L.A. Yeah. The transition has definitely been, it's been one. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I lived in Chicago my entire life, went to Columbia College, Chicago. Shout out to Columbia. Um, So I stayed here for college. So it was like, I was very kind of comfortable here in a way. Um, And... There was a point in time where I just felt like it's time for me to expand my horizons and get out of my comfort zone and um, just like stretch out and see what I'm capable of outside of this city that I'm kind of comfortable in, you know, and I had done a lot here, not saying I couldn't have done more and there's still more for me to do here, even in Chicago, I feel, but I started to feel it really strongly. I started feeling it after I graduated college. And then once the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, whenever I'm able to, I need to move somewhere else. Like I just felt it. I was getting very anxious about it. Like I need to, I need to go, I need to stretch out. Um, And I ended up also deciding I wanted to like study something else, but I didn't necessarily want to get a master's. So I was like, okay, I want to study acting more officially. I did theater growing up, but I wanted to like study it. So I ended up applying for this program at Identity School of Acting. And then the timing just worked out because God be aligning things when it's what you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do. And my cousins, shout out to my cousins, to Corey and Daniel, um, they had a guest room and they were like, you can stay with us. 
And, you know, as you getting your foot in the door and getting settled, you can stay with us. So they let me live with them for the first year of LA. I'm forever grateful for that. And it just all aligned. And I was like, okay, this is the time for me to go. So I decided to move maybe like five months before I actually moved. Like it wasn't like I had it all super planned out in advance. I just kind of like went with it and everything aligned. And I'm like, this is what I'm meant to do. So um, the transition was definitely, it was a little smoother than it could have been as far as you know. Sometimes it's hard finding somewhere to live. So I was grateful for that. But as far as the environment is definitely very different. It's super, super, super competitive. Like everyone is trying to do something. Um, you have to use your discernment because there's a lot of people also, you know, clout chasing or being opportunists. And then it's like you're trying to weave your way through and stay genuine and stay true to yourself while also trying to like climb this ladder. Um, but yeah, I've, I had some amazing opportunities like right out of the gate after being there for not too long, just a few months and everything just kept leading to the other. What I would say the biggest thing overall that LA has given me is the opportunity to grow because I've grown like at an expeditious rate. I feel like the past two years that I've been there feel like five. Like mm. I feel like I've grown a lot. And I think it's because I allow myself to be uncomfortable and get outside of my comfort zone and really like be in a space where I'm not familiar with while just trusting in God and trusting in my purpose and allowing that to follow me. So growth has been the biggest thing that LA has given me, um, learning a lot about myself, the world, the industry. And since I've been there, I've grown so much just as a person and, and an artist. So I'm excited for everything I have that I need to release has been inside that, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I have been getting received very well out there. You know, I have a show where I'll be like, I don't know who's going to show up. You know, I know people here, but it's not like it's all my fam in Chicago. And I'll have a really great turnout and I'll just be so grateful. Like, it's just kind of like showing me you on the right track. You got support wherever you go. So I'm just working on building that. And um, always remembering, too, that Chicago is me, too, at the same time. Like, mm -hmm. that's my foundation. That's where I get my soul and my and my spirit from because Chicago it gives you a lot of – it can be it can be hard in Chicago, as we know, um, but it also gives you a lot of passion and soul and just, like, every artist I know from our city, it's like it's something about them that you can't find anywhere. So – that's a great thing that I feel like I brought too. brought that energy along with my own energy to L.A. And it's like, we ready to take it by storm. Mm. See, now, you know, I want to ask you because you talking about how Chicago got all the passion and soul. And what I can hear from that is that we have some of the most dopest mm. artists on the planet. But now I got to ask you the question mm -hmm. that we all talk about is, do you really think that you have to leave Chicago to get on? I mean, because you left, you left, and we about to talk about some of your accolades that you got. If you didn't know, Dejari has performed with and for some of the biggest names in entertainment, from Kanye West to Kirk Franklin to Lizzo at the Grammys. She was even tapped by Gabrielle Union to perform a special private concert in the backyard for Dwayne for Father's Day. Do you know how raw you gotta be to be the only singer singing in a backyard with a Negro on the Spanish guitar? I'll never forget when she called me. I was in the car eating some fries and she was like, "Be." 
Beach, guess who I'm performing with? I'm like, who? She like, Beyonce. I'm like, Beach. Frass fell out my mouth and everything. Then she's like, and we're performing at the Oscars. I'm like, Beach again. I wouldn't say you have to leave Chicago necessarily to get on. We've seen examples of people that stay here and get on. What I will say though is the way that Chicago is set up, it is a little harder. So it makes some people feel like I need to like venture out and maybe come back or just venture out and be around more opportunities. Cause the really big difference between Chicago and LA is LA, it just has more opportunity, but there is a bigger pool of people trying to do the same Mm -hmm. thing, but there's more opportunity as far as like LA is a place where a lot of people in the industry are recording, are writing music, they're filming productions. Um, The same thing happens in Chicago, but it's a different kind of market. The thing about Chicago, unfortunately, which I hope is something that will change, is being an artist here can feel kind of like limiting sometimes and it can feel like there's only room for like a certain amount of people to reach this certain point. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes you feel like you're lacking support and it's so like um, separated to where where within the artist community, we have these different kind of like sectors Mm -hmm. of people and feel like we don't mingle and come together as much as we could. Um, I haven't been in here here in a while, so I'm not saying that hasn't changed at all. But I think that's really the main thing that's like working against Chicago is like us coming together more, supporting each other more like as a whole in the um, artist industry and um, just more opportunities here, like Chicago being considered more of a Mecca. Like I feel like it was at some point and then mm-hmm. it died down. So I'm hoping that that kind of like revives, rejuvenates, we can come together more and make Chicago a place that people want to go to more for the entertainment industry, like a place like LA um, Mm -hmm. or New York or Atlanta. But um, that's really, that's really all. I don't think you can't make it here, but you know, when you do venture out, you do notice that I have this foundation and now there's more opportunities, you know, opened up for me. So. And nobody has a reason to hate on you in L.A. necessarily. I'm not saying anybody hating, but it's like they they don't know you like that. Sometimes I think one of the downsides about staying in the city where you're from is that these are the same people who've been seeing you your whole life. Some of them might be tired waiting on you to go on, like go ahead. But I really feel like that only happens in cities where there are um, like undistributed resources, like the, the resources are disheveled. Or, in my opinion, they're not they're not being heavily supported from the head. Like Hollywood is Hollywood for a reason. But in the city of Chicago, if we had, um, you know, forces like D-Case, the Department of Cultural Arts and Entertainment here, like it got to start from the head because if it's not starting from the head, then you just have all these independent curators within the city, the smaller people who are supporting folks, because don't get it twisted, we have tons of open mics and showcases. Mm-hmm. As we know, like that's really what the people who are popping, shout out to the people who are throwing these ciphers and putting them together and having random industry spitter showcases on Monday nights. Like the industry in Chicago would be nothing without the people who just care. Yeah. You know? So if you got to move around to make the people in, in Chicago really open their eyes and believe, I think that's what's got to be done. Cause otherwise you just going to be 
that nigga who always at the party, <laughs> that one who always performing at Promontory. Like, and I think some reasons why people feel like they got to move from Chicago or just move from their city in general is just because I need y'all to start taking me seriously tight. Like, mm. that's, that's what's going on. And you mess around, you get out there in L.A., and it's 12 feet water. Everything is serious out there. Mm. So, I mean... From one artist to another who is independent, I just want to commend you for taking that jump. That was a huge jump that you Thank just you. took. And I feel like when you've been putting in work for a long time, you know, I just celebrated 10 years, but shoot, we can celebrate it together because I've been knowing and supporting you for that very amount of time. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, um, I feel like it returns back to you tenfold. You know, none of that practice goes to waste. Now you in the big leagues. So I just wanted to ask you that question because it's it's the age old question right now. And it's, it's definitely a hot topic. Get the VIP look and treatment with RSVP extensions. They provide premium wigs, bundles and lashes without the wait. And with their 24 hour delivery, you can slay tomorrow if you order today. So head over to RSVPExtensions.com and use the code Vicky20 at checkout for 20% off your order. And oh, consider this your invitation to Phenomenal Hair. Looking to have your event laid out in excellence? Well, look no further. Divine Treats and Heavenly Eats specializes in gourmet catering and event planning. You can choose from a range of cuisines, themes, and colors that'll best fit your occasion. They even offer private chefing and meal prep subscriptions. So call today and save on a heavenly service of your choice by mentioning the Vicky Street Show, 888-355-3811, or visit heavenlyeats.com. And don't forget to follow them on Instagram at heavenly underscore eats for mouthwatering treats. I want to get more into your music because I know that in 2021, you dropped Mazes part one but mm -hmm. now word on the street is that you're about <laughs> to come up with a continuous version of that a part two of that so can you tell mm -hmm. me what would be the difference between mazes two and mazes one one that really came from a place of wow we're in the pandemic you know and i didn't suffer love loss and maybe my own mental health is going on but also i've experienced love too and that was beautiful can you tell me what would be some new themes that's on mazes too the biggest like difference with mazes too will just be evolution like evolving so it'll be heavy on the growth like you'll see kind of like the the growth from mazes one to mazes two the evolution of me as a person, as an artist, the world, because um, I love to also reflect what's going on in the world through my music, whether it be directly or indirectly. Um, actually, how I came up with the idea of a continuation was my mom. I was on the phone with her one day and we were talking about, you know, music I'm working on and what my next thing is going to be. And she was like, I think you should kind of like remix Mazes One in a way and kind of inspire a continuation of it and come out with like a mazes phase two or part two and continue to make it a, a continuing thing. And I was just like, that's perfect. Like that's exactly what I needed to hear. Cause I'm like, that aligns with kind of what I believe art is and should be. It should show a uh, revolution, progression, um, you as an artist, where the world is growth. So mazes two will definitely still be on, themes of like 
love, universal love, you know, not just in a relationship, but just love pouring out into the world that can also relate to relationships, friendships, family, God, but also mm -hmm. the world and what we pour into ourselves and pour out. And it'll just be exemplary of growth, a lot of growth and healing and just the continuation because that's what Mazes One was really me being more vulnerable than I've ever been in my music. When I first started writing, not that it's a bad thing, but a lot of the music I wrote was very positive. It was very like upbeat and happy and that's great. But also, you know, I had experienced some things where I'm like, everything is not given that. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to convey that in a way that was still beautiful, that didn't make you feel sad or, um, you know, depressed necessarily, but mm -hmm. it's like, we gonna get into some deep topics, but it's still gonna feel light and it won't feel heavy. So Mazes 2 will be a continuation of that, um, but it'll just be showing kind of like where everything is currently. And then the next phase will be showing where everything is at that point, but through love and um, just everything, gratitude, turning pain into beautiful things, all of that will be what Mazes 2 will give. Mm. And you know what else it's going to give? It's going to give mistiness because when you think <laughs> of Dejari, for the people who don't know, let's say you never heard of Dejari, you haven't listened to her music yet. Dejari is inspired by people like Layla Hathaway, India Irene, the beautiful Diana Ross, okay, Jill Scott. You just sung a bunch of Jill mm -hmm. Scott songs. Anita Baker. Anita Baker, come on. All, all the good, misty, airy, just mm -hmm. I love myself and you should too, people. <laughs> um, so I wanted to give that disclaimer just to get people to thinking about stuff. Um, but also I'm just, I'm so excited about like this next round that you're about to go into. I know you about to really step into your artist bag. Like it's going to be given. I told y'all, you feel me? Um, okay. Don't let you get no big, big budget behind you. Okay. okay. We speaking it up All in we here. Need is the budget. I'm just saying, um, speaking of that, I want you to, uh, promo what you got coming up for mazes visual wise because you about to drop a huge visual how can people support that yes so the single that i'm about to drop i don't know if it will necessarily be on mazes it may just be a standalone thing that will kind of just like catapult into mm -hmm. this next phase of who i am as an artist but um, I'm working on a visual for a song called Full Moon. I'll be releasing that at the top of the year. And we're going in, into production very soon for that visual. So I'm going to be launching a Kickstarter sometime this week for the first time ever. And I'm going to be, you know, raising some funds for the remainder of the budget that we need. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about this visual. Um, I have a great team behind me, some people that I've known from Columbia that are in LA and also some new people that I've met while in LA. Um, shout out to my friend Connor, who's gonna be directing and Jasmine Bryan, who's gonna be producing yeah. the producer. So my sister Deanna is gonna be styling and we just have a great team and I'm really excited to get, to get to it and get back to it. It's been two years since I've released new music. So I'm like, mm -hmm. we gotta come in with a bang, which mm -hmm. is why I really wanna put a lot into this and really make it something beautiful and amazing for the world and for all my fans and you know for myself and just really to 
reintroduce myself as an artist and mm -hmm. where I am right now. Cause it's been a little minute, but I'm at a, I'm in a whole nother place. I'm a whole new person now. So I'm really excited for what this is to represent for the next phase of my career. And then I'm gonna just keep moving with dropping new music and projects and visuals. So there's a lot to look forward to and I'm really excited. And they can check it all out on your page for sure. Like you gonna have the info with the kickstart and everything. Yes, I will. On Instagram, you can follow me at underscore Dejari underscore. So that's underscore D-Z-H-A-R-I underscore. So, yeah. Period, period. And you know what? I want to really quick ask this because you said you haven't released music in two years. It'd be a lot of people that be like, dang, Rihanna, you, when you going to come out with this new album? We've been waiting forever. Like, what do you have to say as an artist to the fans, the consumers, the folks who want to know, like, when are we going to get new music? The folks who kind of like rush artists. Is there a, a certain time frame as far as or frequency? Is there a certain frequency as far as how often an artist should be releasing music to keep their fans engaged? I feel like that is definitely like a case by case basis because I do agree that it is important to like constantly create, whether you're releasing it or not, just constantly creating. Um, I do think that it's very difficult sometimes being an artist because people have this expectation, like we are just like a machine or something, like we're supposed mm -hmm. to just be pushing out art for, for you or for everyone right. else. When it's like, the reality of it is everyone is different. You have people who like when they going through something, they can just get in the studio and just write a whole album and be dropping music. But there's some people who like, they need time to process life and what they're going through as a person so that then they can release that and convey it as an artist and release music. So I don't think there's necessarily a time frame because for anybody it could be, there's people that's releasing stuff every month or every year. And then there's people that, are releasing stuff every few years. So I feel like it just depends on where you are as an artist. And, you know, I think it would be better for people not to pressure artists as much because you got to remember that we're people too, you know? Mm -hmm. we're, um, we're living out our passion and what we love to do and creating art and creating music. But also sometimes we need a moment to step back and just be and just like mm -hmm. sit with what we're going through, where we are, and the art is gonna come. So I don't think there is a time frame. I think it's just on your own timing, but I do think it's important to keep your audience engaged in some mm -hmm. way. Like, even if it's not like you're releasing music all the time, like, you know, giving them, giving them something where they can even like know a little bit, a little bit about yourself, um, you know, just speak, speaking to your audience, hopping on live, um, dropping a cover, dropping a freestyle, doing like, you know, things like that to keep your audience engaged. And then it's like, whenever the time is right for you, it's going to come out. No, I like that. I like that. And I hope somebody, I hope there's some fans listening because life be life mm -hmm. to be honest. Like, I love when we write about what we're going through, but sometimes I can't even listen to music. Like it was a point in time. I just stopped doing album reviews, stopped curating playlists. I don't feel like writing about the sadness and the pain that I'm going through. Mm. Um, but I do want to encourage whoever is listening to me. If you're an artist, just keep on writing, just force yourself to do writing exercises. Um, because unfortunately we do live in this social media society and a very much, what have you done for me lately? People will forget you 
and they will be on to the next mm -hmm. and you gonna mess around and somebody gonna come out with a similar sound and they just gonna peer on and it's never about comparing yourself but you know that's really had be um especially when you got the pressures of labels and managers and mm. things like that so i love that you say just give them something like you do covers like all the time on instagram and that's very appreciated because we just want to see your voice see your face and proof of life mm -hmm. as well <laughs> um before we go into our music break i wanted to ask if you could give some advice for the up-and-coming artists who may be looking for their sound they don't know how to get their sound or, or how to articulate their sound. Maybe they're all over the place. They can do a lot of different things. And I'm inspired to ask you this question because when we were in the car this weekend, you were telling me how uh, one of your reference tracks was for the, the Lil Wayne, Mrs. Officer joint. And you said that was the reference track for Be My Escape, right? Um, or which track was it for? The drums. The drums. Yeah, the drums. Specifically the drums. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um... My advice is, back to something I was saying earlier, is you have to first discover yourself for real to discover your sound. Mm. So I think sometimes people, because I even found myself doing this at some point in my artistry too, like sometimes you'll be looking at just like what's currently going on around you or like who's popping right now, how can I get to that? Instead of going more within yourself like, okay, who am I? What do I want to give the world with my art? Like, it's really about discovering what's your purpose in the art. Because, um, you know, you also have people that are just trying to do this for fun and blow up and, you know, go viral. And that's going to be real cute for like maybe two years. But mm -hmm. 10 years from now, I don't know. So if you're really like for real about being an artist and you want to discover your sound, you have to discover and be in touch with who you are and what you want to convey in your music. And something my mom always tells me, which as we know is a great resource to do is going back in time and looking at artists that inspire you that were from way back in the day, whose music is still being played right now, if that's the effect you want to have. So I say finding more inspiration, not in what's, happening right now necessarily mm -hmm. but looking back um even if even if it's somebody who's like it don't got to be like you going way back to the 60s 70s if that's not your vibe but maybe you are somebody who's like i really love 90s and early 2000s r&b and hip-hop and that inspires me so you know listen to music like that to inspire you and discover maybe what your twist on that is and that's just an example but i say looking into some of those sources from back in the day for inspiration and not just what we're listening to now, what we see now, and really just discovering who you are and allowing yourself to do that and allowing yourself to make art and maybe, you know, fail sometimes or it may not be what you expected it to mm -hmm. be, but that's how you're going to discover who you are. Just keep creating. And then eventually you're going to be like, wait, this is really my sound. Working with a lot of different people is what I also mm -hmm. Um, suggest is collaborating with all different types of people as far as producers, songwriters, because then you can see like some producer may, may be able to bring something out of you that someone else didn't. And then you discover something about yourself, too, and what you want to make. So that's mm -hmm. my advice for that. Oh, this is good. I'm asking all these questions because at the at the heart of this podcast, what I want people to get, like, yeah, we music, yeah, we we lifestyle, we all of this. Um, but I wanted to help some people, mm -hmm. you know. So 
like I know it might sound cliche, but like literally taking a reference track into the studio is one of the most helpful things that you can do as an artist. And I love that you said your mom said, look back at the people who you really admire from back in the day, because I personally feel like we don't have a lot of timeless artists today. Like, we got a lot of microwave artists today, <laughs> but, like, who finna be... I ain't even gonna name the artist, but I can't hear a lot of the music at the cookout in 2065. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. So, um, you know what? We're gonna kick it to commercial break. I'm gonna play some of my favorite joints off your last EP, Mazes, and then when we come back, we gonna get into relationships and religion, okay? Right. So y'all keep it locked. You're watching the Vicky Street Show. Ow. If you haven't done so already, make sure you head over to VickyStreet.com and cop you a limited edition anniversary tee. These are acid wash joints, and you know we love a good rap tee, featuring some pictures from some of my favorite performances over the past 10 years. So head over to VickyStreet.com, and if you do so during the holiday season, I'll even give you a 10% off discount. Okay, so make sure you tell a friend, tell a friend, and don't be left out, y'all. Everybody in the streets gonna be rocking them. Don't walk away Don't leave me here I don't know what I'd do if I'm alone right now I need you to stay So my mind is clear I'm serious, delirious when you're What's 
Juggling a few options Sometimes I feel conflicted between Growth and resistance between Hope and restriction between Faith and logistics between Hating, debating, they thoughts to create And formulating tougher answers to tougher decisions Listening to talk and listening to listen And debating if I'm really up to sprinting To a better me that I can see way off in the distance your girl vicky street and we're back at it again still with my girl dejari and now we're getting into the relationship section of the podcast because you know we got a beautiful lady <laughs> and i know it's some brothers out there somewhere that's trying to see what's to it so look starting off i just we got to start with the the self first see because when people talk about got relationships to. they always think it's about what another person let's talk about the self i want to know what is your favorite part about being a woman? Mm. Oh, that. Oh, it's the essence that's for the me. One, okay. Come on. The favorite part for me about being a woman is just like oozing divine feminine energy. Come like, on. it be dripping. <laughs> it's that for me. Like, 
even when you even when we're not trying to, we don't even realize that we still give off that aura of that divine feminine energy. You be at the grocery store, okay, with a hoodie set on, <laughs> grabbing an St- apple or orange. You feel me? Still pulling them. <laughs> that's that divine feminine energy right there. Yeah, that's my favorite part, and specifically being a black woman, okay, is like. To me, a superpower because I, we girl, really you got be glitter going... on your face right now. Like <laughs> I just want you to know. <laughs> but no, we, as women in general, we have to go through so many things. We endure so much, and we're still expected to, you know, show up and and be strong, but also be soft and loving and kind and all these things. And I just love that we are able to do so many things. We are magical. We are dynamic. We literally give life. Mm -hmm. The fact that we literally bring life into this world, that's all I got to say. It's the divine feminine energy for me. That's That's my favorite part about being a woman is just that like, you don't even have to say anything and you feel that that feminine energy is is beautiful it's healing it's strong it's uplifting it's it's soft and beautiful but it's mm. also just like everything everybody needs mm, mm, mm. nobody can deny a beautiful woman okay men might go to work all day and probably gonna look like all of what they've been through <laughs> but a bad beach though nah you wouldn't know nothing that she just went through if she if she really got it like that you know what i'm saying mm. like but I can I could always tell in the eyes. I'd be like, dang, I got this pickup line. I'd be like, the prettiest eyes have cried the most tears. Like <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? Speaking of pickup lines, mm. what do you feel like it really takes to pull a bad beach? I love that you said bad beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I had to like narrow it down to like one main thing, I feel like it's really just the confidence in yourself. Cause as a bad beach or a woman who's like, you know, we are all works in progress and we all are at different levels mm-hmm. and we know we all getting ourselves together. But it's another energy I feel when a man approaches me and it's like, wow, I can tell that they are sure of themselves. They're confident in themselves. They're not trying to fake it or trying to overly impress me. They are just like comfortable with who they are. And to me, that's one of the most attractive things is being mm-hmm. secure in yourself to where I can tell that you are doing some inner work because it's very easy to just be like, you know what? I'm not even, I'm going to do that later. Like, I'm going to just keep being who I am and be um, complacent with all the things that I know that I need to change about myself. But you can tell when somebody's putting in the effort to do some like soul and healing work because it Mm, shines mm. through their confidence and their Mm. aura and who they are. So to me, that's the most um, attractive thing is just being confident in yourself and putting an effort towards elevating yourself. Because if we're going to be in a partnership, we need to come to the partnership whole. Mm-hmm. Come so that we can be so that we can be two whole potential. Come potential, y'all. <laughs> yes, we both want to be whole so that we can be two wholes together, not two halves. Making the whole, we got to be whole individually, and that holistic wholeness comes from you know the inside out and working on yourself and healing and um, doing that work that's hard, that shadow work, mm-hmm. the things that you know we all got our own toxic traits. So working on those so that you don't keep doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how you really secure 
a bad beach. It's being secure and firm and confident in yourself and mm. working on yourself. Mm -hmm. like, yes. And learning from your mistakes. Yes. You, you might have fumbled a bad beach in the past, All right. but don't fumble this bad beach in the future. Hello? You feel me? <laughs> Listen. Do you like corny dudes by chance? I, I, I'm trying to ask the questions that the fellas might want to know because every guy might. Now, here's the thing. You always got to be confident. That's that's the bare minimum that we ask for. However, ain't nothing wrong with a little corn, I feel like. Make me smile. Like I want to know what was what was the best corniest pickup line that you got that you actually like? Okay, to answer the first part, I don't mind a little bit of corn. <laughs> Sprinkle some corn kernels in there. <laughs> um, you know, of course, there's a level of, right, of corniness right. where we like, all right, it's enough. Right, get your Urkel ass right. on. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I also feel like there's certain things that like, in this day and age, some people consider corny and I'll be like, that's not really corny. Like it's different than the average or the like what we're used to experiencing mm. as far as like somebody hitting on you or trying to get your attention. Like I appreciate, you know, you put a little thought into it or you came with something a little different. Um, but yeah, I remember <laughs> literally a few weeks ago I was working at the restaurant I work at and you know, I had my tray. I was about to deliver some drinks and <laughs> this guy comes from around the bar and he's like, oh my goodness. And then he like picked something up and he was like, I think you dropped this over there. I wanted to make sure you got it. And then he gave me his number on a piece of paper. And I was like, you know what? That was a good right. one. Cause, <laughs> Cause like, I was like, ooh, 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 wait, what, what did you drop? Look, and he knew he got you concerned. He pulled on your heartstrings. <laughs> That's what I'm talking It was kind of corny, but it was funny. It was refreshing because I was like, I haven't had nobody like approach me like that in a while or ever. So I was like, all right, it's something different. It made me laugh, you know? I'm like, all right, okay. I like that. I mean, you got to be willing to trip over something for me. You feel me? Do the most to get to me. But I think what guys got to know when we talk about having that confidence that's already in them, they got to have a little bit of a, they know how to read the room too. Like, was she already going? Do you know if she already going? She might be going because you know that you look, either you look, you came correct, you know you had them mm -hmm. shoes correct, the confidence was doing what it had to do, but you also got to be not afraid of being turned down too. I think right. that's where a lot of confidence comes from as well the art of knowing hey she might not be feeling me but i'm gonna shoot anyways shoot is shoot now with <laughs> that being said what would somebody have to do to be able to spin the block on you do you take spin the block requests or not <laughs> come on i'm asking all them good questions oh my goodness you are getting into it um you know what so there's a part of me that be feeling like some things that were in the past are meant to be left in the past. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's a few people that I'm like, if they tried to spin the block, they they shouldn't try, basically. They gonna get blocked. <laughs> gonna get <laughs> but I'm not gonna say I'm not open to, there's some people that I've talked to and dated, maybe weren't even in a serious relationship where I'm like, if they were to come back around, I may give them a chance because you know, we all, I have to account for growth. Mm -hmm. If I ain't seeing you in two, three years and we didn't have no super bad falling out where like you just did me really dirty or something really bad happened where I'm like, mm -mm, then I'm like, I may consider it depending on how you come in, mm -hmm. you know? And then it's also like if years have gone by and I'm noticing like you try to spin the block and there's also a difference in 
you know, your growth and where you are. And I can tell, oh, you've really been putting in some work on yourself, like in all ways. Then it's like, I can consider that because you, you coming to me with, mm-hmm. with something new. It's not like if you coming to me and you still on the same thing you was on three years ago, then it's kind of like, okay, you're not really taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. So I would accept a certain type of spin the block. If you didn't, if I can tell you've grown and you know, you're really coming into yourself, you committing to yourself and your growth. Like, yeah. I love that. Oh my God. If I was like, yo ex, I'd be watching this like, yeah, nigga, yeah. I'm finna come potentched. But no, but I love it. Cause some people make it seem like number one, you can have no communication with your ex. I don't absolutely believe that necessarily. Now, if you in a new, you did with somebody else, then that's a whole respect thing. But I, I do feel like you can spin a block on people. It is about to grow. Why are we going to do this thing again if I didn't already test drove the car? And I know you don't get your oil changed. Like, I'm not about to keep doing this with you. So mm-hmm. I, I love that. We we rooting for spin the block 2024. You feel me? I want to be are. smiling like Nelly and, uh, and uh, Shanti. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because <laughs> life is too hard already trying to find Ooh. new people all the time. It, it Sometimes it would be cold if, like, we could just go back to that old thing. I already know I love you. You love me. And now it's giving like, I see you next lifetime type energy. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me started because that's some strong energy right there. And because I love love so much, I'm definitely here for spinning the block. So you heard it here on the Vicky Street Show first. <laughs> um, speaking of just just this whole relationship deal, quickly, I want to know... Because I know that you love God so much. You've mentioned it a lot already. I know you come from a God-fearing family. How important is it for your significant other to believe in God? Could you date somebody who did not? It is absolutely important. It's, as a matter of fact, it's number one on my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not going to say it was always that way because it wasn't. As you've known, I, I dated somebody who mm-hmm. one of our biggest struggles was that they weren't God-fearing. And you know, they had their own experiences with God and religion that kind of like drew them away from it. And um, as we were dating, it just was something that kept coming up. And I realized like this definitely can be a serious relationship because I know how important it is for me, for someone to, you know, believe in God and have God as the at the forefront of their life and be grounded in that. And that's at the core of who I am. So it's going to be unevenly yoked if I'm trying to date somebody who doesn't believe in God. Like, that just don't make sense because, you know, as a collective, if, if this is, you know, how I live my life and being a strong believer in God and that being like God being the force and the reason for everything for all that I am and all that I do and guiding me through life, my partner got to be on the same page. And I learned that over time because, you know, sometimes you make exceptions for things, but that's why we experience certain things because you got to learn what you're willing to make an exception for and not what's your non-negotiables like we be Mm. saying. So I have learned that for whoever I date, being a strong believer in God is number one, got to. Mm. And I really got to commend you because you was you was talking to this fine Mandingo man from Africa and you really told him like, nah, God said, nah, because you ain't rocking with him. And like that takes a lot of strength and maturity as well. But I kind of want to know in your own words, what do you feel like are some of the effects 
when you do not move in God's alignment? How do you feel like that affects you um, just as a person and even as an artist, specifically as we're talking about dealing with people who are not in alignment for us? How does that really affect you and set you back? Yeah, um, it does in a lot of ways because when you're someone who <clears throat> has a strong foundation in God and when you communicate with God and you pray specific prayers and ask God for clarity, he's going to make it clear. Mm -hmm. And it's about if you're going to be obedient and choose to follow it or be like, I know that I literally just prayed and asked you to like, steer me in the right direction and you did but i'm gonna just act like oh maybe that's not what he really meant like no girl that's what he meant so <laughs> just didn't like what he meant <laughs> right so i think i've experienced um both sides i've experienced you know god kind of making it clear that something wasn't for me whether it be a relationship a friendship a situation and seeing how i wasn't obedient and i didn't follow that and things just became even harder for me in whatever that situation was because life is always, life is going to be hard regardless. Mm -hmm. Whether you believe in God or not, it's going to be hard. I think having God as that foundation, it makes life easier to deal with even through all the hard times because it's like you have this source of, of light. You have this source of strength that's going to help to guide you and get you through. And when you communicate with God, he's going to make things clear. The more you communicate with him, and mm. even if you just like, okay, God, so what's going on with this? What do I need to do? Like, show me in some way, things will start getting revealed. And you might be like, oh, I don't like that this is getting revealed, but you got to follow it. So how it's affected me is I've realized in moments when I didn't follow my discernment and what God has made clear, then it just causes me to be set back in life in general. So it may be what I'm trying to accomplish, getting closer to my purpose. I realize like, wow, just wasted six months or a year on this thing or not doing this thing or whatever it is, just cause I wasn't being obedient. And that's okay, you know, we gonna make mistakes, but it's kind of like the sooner you realize what's for you and what's not for you, the sooner you can get to your purpose. That's just mm. as simple as that. So it's like, you know, and having God to communicate with you through that will help you to get in alignment. Cause it's really easy for us to fall off. This world has so many things that are thrown at us, working against us, trying to um, make people believe that you don't need to believe in God. There's no God. There's a God, y'all. So it's kind of like you choosing to have that foundation and building a relationship with God is just going to help to steer you in the right direction and guide you to your purpose and to your destiny and help you to get there sooner than if you don't follow God and you just do everything your way. So that's what I've learned. You know it, and that was a beautiful answer of alignment. And speaking of alignment, I'm so glad that our paths has aligned through these. Me too. These past ten years, God knew that I needed a best <clears throat> friend just like you to be my my running mate, my buddy to just get through this life in these times. So I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart for just mm. reciprocating love and beautiful energy. And before we go, I want to know: Can you sign my rap book? Will you do me the honors? Of please? course. On and I appreciate page? and love you too. For sure. I want to get this monumental moment on the Vicky Street Show because so much beauty and pain has been wrote on these pages and you've been there all through all of that. 
Well, listen, I have I have thoroughly enjoyed my time here on the Vicky Street Show. Uh, we just celebrated 10 years in the game this year. So shout Congratulations. out. Yes, girl. <laughs> shout out to everybody who came through my 10 years in the game joint. Um, stay tuned for the promos as well. I'm doing a blowout sale right now. My graphic tease, the 10 years in the game joint. Um, but make sure you share this episode with everybody. Comment below. We going crazy. Dejari, we wishing you much love and success. Be safe out there in LA. And, uh, thank you. Yeah. I think we might've just ended the season with this one. So thank you for having me. For sure. For sure. I'm so happy that we were able to make this happen. You know, we had to while you was here in the shy. So uh, stay tuned on Dejari's Instagram page and Dejari. Is it DejariSings.com they could go to? Yes. Yeah, check out DejariSings.com for more information. And I'll see y'all on the next episode of the Vicky Street Show. Uh, that's right. It's your girl, Vicky Street. She got everything you need. She's a voice of the street. Show. Show.